see my Facebook post about Billy Ocean, bro? Oh, that's who this is. Yeah, it's Billy Ocean, dude. Yeah, let him Every time I talk, the music cuts out. And I guess it takes my voice over, so this is... It's like that. It's just... Because you got one single input. We'll see how this all goes. It's alright. First, first ever... Skype from the hill. We just gotta let Billy Ocean run a little bit, though. That's all. It's been a while. It's been a while since we got one in. It's been a long, long, long time. It's been a while. I gotta get find a place to put my mouse where it doesn't interfere with the screen. <laughs> they say in the screen. What is up, everybody? Dude, I like the I like the other songs. You playing a bunch of divas before we got on to Billy Ocean. I like those better than that one. Bro, I put together this playlist. It's the randomest playlist ever, but it's straight fire. Straight fire. Maybe we'll Wait, mix you, it in. You put it. T- you put together a mixtape like old school. Basically, except it's a iTunes playlist. <laughs> I didn't have to go get CDs and burn it. No cassette. Yeah, I put a. Oh yeah, old school cassette, dude. My in and outs on cassettes were pristine, like just perfect bro i could fade that shit perfectly anyway recordings what's good everybody it's been a while since the prof and i were able to get a from the hill podcast and this is a little different look than you've seen before we're recording this via skype so we wanted to try something different we were trying to get up live but it, it takes a lot to get in to stream it through obs and facebook we're going to explore some more options on how we cannot be in the same location and go live but we wanted to get this in there's been a ton that's happened in the world of sports, particularly in the NBA, since we last got on. So, Nikki, say hi to the people. Hey, everybody. And by different look, Jack simply means that there's a bassinet behind me this side. And right next to that is my vacuum cleaner. And then this is one of my dressers. So this is basically just the storage room where everything comes in that we want out of sight in the rest of the house. This is also Amanda's secondary closet. All kinds of clothes come in here. Like there's just a steady rotation. Yeah, so it's so, a perfect, perfect setting to go into when you it's need. Also, to- it's also my home office, equipped with everything that you need. There you go. Assortment of business cards. You know, the little head scratcher here that I use from time to time. So is that, there's a lot of stuff going on. Scratcher, bro. That what that's, that is? That's the head scratcher. That's the head scratcher. This is the head scratcher. So you ever have to see one of these things? I've never seen. Nice little tingly sensation. Ah, oh, look at you. So from time to time to relax when I'm working, sometimes yeah. I like use the you head scratcher. That, you know, with the head scratcher? I like exactly. It. I like it. I like it. So we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Uh, one thing that I wanted to start with was, now it happened two weeks ago at this point, but it's happening recurringly, and I wanted to ask Nick about it because I'm pretty pissed off. So you, got, you know I'm into UFC, Prof, right? Like I'm really into UFC. UFC 239 was two weeks ago. And I wanted to order it because probably my favorite fighter is fighting Johnny Bones Jones, right? But now to watch UFC, you need ESPN Plus. You heard about this? This whole scam they got going on with ESPN Plus? Yeah, and it's well, it's basically the same. It's the same scam they've been running with ESPN Insider as well, because I have the same thing for baseball. So you need, you will click on an article from time to time, not seeing the little orange plus sign next to it, and not realize that it's an insider article. You'll click on it, and it'll give you the first small little paragraph and say, for the rest of the article, you have to pay four ninety nine a month or whatever the thing is. So right. that's that's this new platform. That's what they're going to now. And I, you know, I don't know. I don't 
I actually did want to talk to you about this because UFC now being on ESPN, how do you feel about that? Is ESPN going to be the new spike or is this going to send ESPN back to their old kind of, uh, you know, higher ratings? Yeah, see, I, I have mixed feelings about this. So I don't mind watching the prelims on ESPN, right? It was okay. I think UFC is pretty mainstream now. So it's not as like when you're talking about when they were doing the Ultimate Fighter days and they showed a lot of UFC on Spike. Right. And it was sort of like outside the mainstream. I feel like UFC is making its way into the mainstream and it's already there. So I'm okay with the ESPN integration. And I mean, there's guys on ESPN now that specialize and that's like they have ESPN has a podcast with the one guy, I forget his name. Um, the like the middle Asian looking guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I know who it is. About. The guy that, uh, yeah, he got yelled at by Chance or Chase. What's the guy dude's name? Chance, uh, whatever. Right, 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 right. I can't, I can't. I don't know why I can't think of the guy's name, but it, they cover it a lot, right? UFC is big cover on ESPN. Here's my problem with the ESPN Plus thing. So I'm sitting here and I wanted to watch the fight at my house, and I'm willing. It, it was it cost me eighty dollars, which is more than what a regular pay per view should be because I had to. Part of that was a yearly subscription ESPN Plus. Fine, I'm willing to pay it. Here's the problem. I moved all of my streaming equipment up here into the studio room, and then I have my DVD player in my bedroom, which I watch Netflix and then Amazon Prime and everything else on that, but I have nothing left downstairs. And my 65-inch 4K TV, it just happens to not be a smart TV, and I don't want to stream through Wi-Fi anyway because that sucks, right? Like you want to be hardwired in. So I now have to move my Xbox downstairs to hardwired into my router, which is up here, just to watch it. Point is... They made it really difficult for me to the point where I almost didn't give them my $80 <laughs> to watch the fight because they make it so difficult. Like, it's not a channel on your well, cable. Well, why can't you – why can't – oh, so you don't have a, you don't have like an HDMI on your 65-inch TV? I do, but then I would have to Chromecast it through my phone, and that would be through Wi-Fi. And I, why can't dude, you do it from a laptop? Well, you could, but again, I would have to move my laptop downstairs, download the ESPN Plus app on the laptop, and then unplug the hardwire from here – that I have set up here upstairs into the laptop again to stream through because I want to go hardwired in. Like, the fastest way to do it was Xbox hardwired. Dude, you can do Wi-Fi in 2019 and just HDMI from your laptop into the smart TV. Listen, when I'm paying $80, I want to have a quality streaming experience, right? Like, I want to see, I don't want any blurbs in the stream on Wi-Fi. Bro, remember. I don't know, I think you'll be fine. Remember, I stream on Twitch. Like, I've got multiple splitters and hardwires here. I know the importance of keeping your connection up. I don't Listen, want video quality from Wi Fi streaming. If you want to go big loser here, I'll go big loser. So, I have done my set instructions and watched softball online. I do it all the time, <laughs> big, big nerd style. So, I've done it and it works fine with no hiccups. It's all about your wi-fi connection oh. i have like the i have like the business version wi-fi or whatever oh uh, yeah so do i but here's the problem when you're watching someone stream softball it's not coming in in 1080p or 4k right but sometimes like, it's sometimes it's pretty good it's gonna be 720 or 480 whatever kind of camera they have so the less the video quality and the less frames per second then the less uh, the chances you have a blurb chances are it would have been fine on wi-fi my whole point is is that they made it really difficult man like i don't like this whole you have to stream everything now if, if if I can't, I subscribe to DirecTV, and if I can't get a cable channel to push a button to pay for a pay-per-view anymore, like you used to be able to for the last 15 years, it's pretty frustrating. I'm just kind of, can you hear me right now? Because I just pushed a button, and I'm not sure what it did. Yeah, I got you. 
All right, cool. So um, I'm just amazed that your 65-inch TV is not a smart TV. Yeah, it's not. So I got that this TV three years ago, and it was like the, the front end of 4K TVs, and it just so happens it's not smart. And at the time, I didn't care because I had my Xbox downstairs on it, and you don't need to have a smart TV when your Xbox is hooked up because that's got everything attached to it. Yeah. So at the time, I didn't care. Well, but... listen, there's ways to do it. It's going to suck for you. Okay, I get it. Here's the thing. My concern about with it, like, let's go back to the actual. Your question with ESPN. The ESPN thing itself. Here's my thing is like, I don't want it to become a thing where I turn on ESPN at, you know, whatever time of day. And they're doing reruns of like, of old fights that, you know, like, the, like they used to run World Series of Poker reruns forever and ever and ever. Yeah, news, like, yeah that's happening. I, and I it happens a lot more before the fights now. And it's usually like ESPN 3 or ESPN News. But, yeah, they do it all the time now. That's, dude, that's their thing. You know how ESPN is. And they will show particularly, as you could imagine, like they were showing a lot of Bones fights the day of and the day before reruns right. on ESPN News because they're building up to Bones going to fight. And so that was my thing with Spike, which is now sin it's since gone, right? I mean, Spike is no longer. Spike is a new channel now, I think. I, I don't know what it is. But my point is, oh. that's that's what it really became. It was like, you know, a crazy tattoo show and then a marathon of, like, old reruns of UFC, right? Yeah. Th that's sure. really what Spike became. So I don't think that's a good a step in the right direction for ESPN to start doing the same thing that Spike did. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I mean, the thing is, right now, I think it's okay because, you know, ESPN showing baseball and it's the middle of summer. Once football starts, I think the UFC will take a backseat. I, I don't love this move to the to the ESPN Plus platform. So I don't know, man. I, I This whole streaming like movement has kind of got me bugged. I don't know if you've noticed like on Twitter. What did they used to do with the prelims before? The prelims, they would just show either on ESPN or, like, another station. But then as soon as they were done, you'd have to go to the pay-per-view. Right. So they worked the same way, but then you would just change the channel on your TV, right? NBD. It's the same thing, except the ESPN getting the money. Exactly. Now ESPN gets all the money, and you have to have a subscription ESPN Plus just to order the pay-per-views. Kind of. I don't know. Like, it doesn't affect me that much because I'm not, like, crazy plugged into the UFC like you are. But I get it. I get it. It's, like, a, one of those inconveniences that just doesn't make sense they made the change it's just moving money from one pocket to another that's exactly what it is that's exactly what it is so real quick we're going to spend a lot of time on the nba obviously because it, it's probably been the craziest offseason of my entire life but something else happened in between us our last podcast kind of a big deal the u.s women won the world cup uh they defeated the netherlands in the championship 2-0 did you catch any women's World Cup, Nikki? Were I you, did. I I did actually. I caught the final and I caught some of the semifinal. Like, it's really tough when they're playing on like a Tuesday at like ten thirty. But you know, if you're working from home that day, sometimes you, you tune in and you take a look at what's going on. And very impressive. And I want to I want to know your favorite players and your like your the takeaway from the actual players. Like, what did you see? Because we know the two names that are really, really big time, right? Rapino and obviously Alex Morgan. But there were two players for me that I came away and I was like, they got skills. Okay. So 
I I also was was watching quite a bit of World Cup. I have there's a I have this theory about women's sports and the World Cup and why soccer is so popular because for me, like, and I hate to be I don't mean to say this in a bad way, but like I don't watch a lot of WNBA, right? Because for me, like the pro women's basketball game is just so much slower than the pro men's game, even like a college men's game because it's just different, right? It's played different, but soccer seems to be one of these games, much like tennis where it translates from sex to sex. So it's it's very similar. The action is very intense, just like it is in the men's game. So I really enjoyed the women's soccer. In terms of players outside of Morgan and Rapino, um, who impressed me? Well, I I'll tell that... you. I'll tell you who the most skilled person on the team is, okay. if you want, to, want me to start there. I'll tell you that I was seriously impressed with the U.S. goaltending, like off the rip. I thought she played really well. I get it. I mean, that, but that all starts with the players that play in front of you, right? Let's be sure. honest. Sure. And U.S. women's goaltending has been good because the team has been good, my opinion, from my very limited soccer knowledge, to be honest. But the most skilled player on the team, I think, was Tobin Heath. Okay. Interesting name. But she was the one taking all the – she she takes all the shots. She goes – she does the corner kicks. She does the free kicks. She, she yeah. did a lot of stuff. I was yeah. impressed by her. She was a stud. Second stud, number two stud, and by far the fastest player on the field was Rose Lavelle. She was a stud. She was everywhere. Like, you can tell where she's at at all times because she's the smallest on the field by far, but she just zips around, dude. Like, she, yeah. she you, you lose track of her because she's too fast. So I was very impressed by that. Speed kills on the soccer field. and the, In the, the few games that I watched. The thing that got me was, and, you know, I know she made a lot of headlines outside, but Rapino scored a lot of goals. And it's one of those things in soccer where a lot of times a ball get dominated by a midfield player, but your attackers end up scoring. And Rapino, I mean, she scored, man. She scored, she scored, she scored. Yeah, she did. But And you know what? Like Alex Morgan, too. So I'm watching it, and I'm looking at Alex Morgan. She's kind of like cherry-picking the whole time. That's kind of what the attackers do, though, isn't it? Like, even if you watch, so if you watch a lot it of is. It soccer, is. like, that's kind of their job. Their job is to cherry pick and then make that right move when they catch a defender sleeping on a pass coming. I honestly, for people that don't watch soccer, I love the offside rule, right? So if you don't watch soccer, the, you can't be in front of the, the furthest defender to the goaltender before the pass leaves the foot of the player on your team. Yeah, so it's very goofy. It's very goofy, but it's actually, if you get into the game, it's very cool because you can't really cherry pick that much, right? You have to start your run after your teammate passes the ball and making sure that a defender is not in front of you or technically behind you if you're facing the opposing goal. Otherwise, you're going to get caught off sides. Right. So it's it's uh, it's an so interesting... You, you can be off sides like a yard from the goal. Like, it's just yes. the way it is. Yes, you can. You can. It's, it's very interesting. Did uh, you ever play soccer? I played soccer when I was really, really small, man. But it, I never, I didn't like it, and I wasn't good at it. So, and, you know. Eighth grade, I did soccer. You did soccer up to eighth grade, huh? That's yeah, pretty was, That's pretty good for HS. I was pretty good. Okay. I could, you know, you look like a soccer guy. Well, now I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I do. Not six months ago, I didn't. Yeah. I I looked more like Goldberg, the goalie. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, now so speaking, I'm back to... Before we get into NBA, 
you officially weigh less than me now, right? That has to be a thing. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. That's for, been a couple of months. Yeah. you're. Where are you at now? You're in the 170s? I'm 170 right now. And probably over this weekend when I played a lot of softball, I was probably down in the 160 somewhere. Yeah. I yeah. was. Yeah, you're, but, you're much lighter than me now. Although it's not that crazy because I'm probably, what, like an inch taller than you? What are you, 5'9"? Dude, no, I'll dunk on you all day. I'm probably 5'. I'm probably like five nine, and yeah, you're like you're like an intro to me. You're like I didn't say well, first off, you'll never dunk on me, and I would destroy you on the basketball floor. But you're yeah, you're like an intro to me, so it's not that. But you, dude, you were I was it was funny when we didn't we didn't have as many podcasts in between during your transformation, but you were creeping up towards me. I remember towards the last show, and I was like I'm hovering around one eighty eight, one ninety right now. I was like, dude, you're gonna be under me, and then you just dude. That was March, March, yeah, yeah mid mid March. I was around, I was one eighty seven. That's when I yeah. got to. Yeah. All right, so let's get to the meat. Crazy craziness in the NBA. Something else happened before we get to the off season stuff since our last podcast, and that is the Raptors won the championship. To everybody's surprise, not so much surprise when they got there because the Warriors were sort of beaten up. Kevin Durant was hurt, ends up tearing his Achilles, which is a horrible injury, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later when we talk about the player movements. But the Raptors' one-year gamble paid off. And the reason this is really relevant to Prof and I is because we actually focused on this during one of our podcasts about the last NBA offseason when they made this move. And we both said they're going all in, right? And we loved it. And we both said if they can win a championship making this move, bringing in Kawhi, and there's a chance he doesn't stay, which, again, we're going to talk about, and they win a championship, it's all worth it, right? So looking at it now— it was all worth it, right? I mean, you're Toronto. Yeah, I mean, I would really love to go back to that podcast and see what I said back then. But yeah, I really do. I mean, obviously, it pay, it, pay, it paid off. So this this season kind of laid out a few different things for the NBA that I think now things are going to change. Number one, it was going all in with that one player, right? And number two now, it's going to be the load management that everybody talks about. And we saw this year with Kawhi Leonard that, okay, he's only playing X amount of games and he's taking every other night off. Like they came to Philly. I went down to see them play the, the Raptors and he wasn't playing. I was like, yep. damn, he's not playing. That's messed up. But now I think you're going to see a lot more of these teams, especially the Sixers. I think the Sixers are really going to take this approach, obviously with Embiid this year, is really pacing these guys out yep. and having them play for the postseason as opposed to just – selling tickets or, you know, whether it be selling tickets in away stadiums or, or, or away arenas, whatever. But that's another that's another factor. So I, you didn't even mention that. I no, just brought right. that up kind of out of the blue. But No, but you're right. You're a good straight man, too, because I wanted to talk about that. We talked about the MVP a lot towards the end of the year because we were talking about Durant versus Kawhi, and then we were talking about Harden and, and guys in the race for MVP. Obviously, Giannis won it. But when you look at guys like Harden, Harden's a good example, right? Because Harden plays a lot of minutes, and he's got the highest usage rate over the last three years. But what's happened to him in the playoffs the last couple of years is he, he seems to crap out, right? Like he seems to run out of gas late in games in the playoffs because he's got a lot of usage. Kawhi played 60 games this year out of an 82 season. It's what, three quarters of a season? But the dude was just dominant throughout the entire playoffs. And... You're right about the Sixers having one of those guys that you need to watch load management with. The Lakers now have one that you need to watch a guy who's got needs load management. Actually, two of them, which we're going to talk about when we talk about the movements. So one thing that came up here in discussions was shortening the NBA season. And that was a real conversation. The problem is they'll never do it, 
right? Because it's 82 game tickets, it's 41 home tickets, it's 82 televised games. But they should. They really should. Because all that really matters in the NBA is the postseason. And when you look at a guy like Kawhi, who won his second championship now, second with a second team, he understands completely what is important. And you have guys like Giannis who are going hard every night and Ro- and Russ Westbrook going hard every night, right? Tearing up the regular season. All that really matters is the postseason. That's the truth. I understand that, but I disagree with you that they should shorten everything. I really do because that's part of the grind and that's what people don't get. And it's always said about baseball season is like, oh, this is too long. It's too much. But, but there's a reason for that. I and mean, the reason for it is who can withstand the rigors of the regular season. And that's what it is. And, you know, if they if teams decide to do this load management thing where they want to span players out and they want to sit them like every other night, well, that's that's got to be a strategy. It brings a different aspect into the, the coaching and it brings a different aspect into the front office. Like it's much different than just saying, OK, we want all of our superstars to play every single game. Let's make the season 45 games. Like why, why not just start the playoffs at the beginning of the season then? Like you need to have a full regular season and teams let teams make their own decisions. If they want to if they want to jockey for playoff positioning in the regular season, let them play their starters. Let them play their superstars. If they want to do load management and kind of limp in as an eight seed and think that they're going to take over and, you know, they can run the table that way, let them do that. Like, it, there's a whole different strategy to it. So just to say let's cut down the regular season, I think that's kind of weak. And I, I think that's what we've been hearing about baseball for a long time. Well, here's my problem with comparing baseball to NBA, and I'll tell you what my problem is. So the real problem, I'm okay with the NBA the major league baseball season as a grind because baseball has 32 teams and how many teams make the playoffs? Uh, what's it like 16? You have and no in baseball In baseball. You've got, oh, you have the, the division winners. So yeah, division four, winners, so like and, 12. and you have the two. Now you have 12 because you have the two, the one game play in, right. And then you have, so that's five in each league, right? You have the one game play in two wild cards. So only 10 out of 32 actually make the playoffs in baseball. The problem with the NBA... Well, if you don't it, count that plan. Right. The problem with the NBA is you have 30 teams and 16 of them make the playoffs. So half your teams make the playoffs, which really denigrates your regular season grind because, I mean, if you have a decent team, you should make the playoffs, right? Your bad teams don't, and your good teams do, and then your middle decent teams do as well. That's kind of the problem with the NBA versus baseball. Baseball, the regular... And same thing with NFL. NFL and baseball regular seasons are so exalted or important because not as many teams make the playoffs compared to the league but the pro- people problem people have with nhl and nba seasons being so long is that half the league or in case of nba more than half of the league makes playoffs so you're gonna see your better players playing three quarters of a season because they don't have to and right. to your point it's load management and it, i'm perfectly okay with that strategy however you know, it sucks. Like you said, you go down to see a Sixers game and there's no Kawhi. I went down to see the Lakers, Kobe's second to last year, no Kobe. I, I was disappointed. Like, I, I went there fully to see Kobe. I would not have gone to see Smush Parker, right? Like, I, I was going to see Kobe, and the, the Sixers were awful. They were tanking. So I was literally going to see Kobe, and I didn't get to see him, and I was pissed. But that that is part of the NBA now, unfortunately. And it this year, especially with the moves that we've seen made and we're going to go through now and talk about, load management's going to be huge. And one thing that you 
we didn't talk about with that sort of load management is the way that you don't play good players against better teams. Have you noticed that becoming like a trend? So let's say yeah, it's like you know, a give it's it's just a forfeit. Yeah, like if the Raptors go to to play the Warriors last year, like of course Kawhi wasn't going to play because why would he? They're just going to say, well, here we'll give the Warriors this game anyway, right? Like we yeah. Don't well, it's it's hard minutes versus soft minutes. I mean, that's the thing. It's like okay, you're going to get your work in, but you're also going to play the Hornets. Exactly. And, or you're you know you're going to play the you're going to play the Suns. You know what I mean? Like okay, go out get. 35, you know, and, and get your minutes in, get your run in, and get, then just to stay in shape, and that's and that's it. And then when we play, when we go play the Warriors, or when we go play the Rockets, when we go play even, I don't know, when you go play the, the, the so, Thunder. Especially your better whatever. defensive teams, right? You got to play a good defensive team. Ah, you take, you take the night off. So your what, what would be your um, proposal for, like, kind of a restructure of the playoffs, and then there's a second part to that, and you mentioned it, was what would be your kind of rebuttal to tanking? And like, how would you go about fighting that off? Because that's a whole different aspect that we're like, there's teams that are actually trying to be worse, like that are middling teams or could be playoff teams that are just trying to get better in the draft. We lived it for years here in Philadelphia, right? Philadelphia, this tanking has been going on for 25 years in the NBA. Sam Hinkie and the Sixers became the first team to come out and just say, we're, we're going to tank, and we're going to actively say we're going to tank. And the league hated it, even though it's been going on from the Magic through to the Celtics years when they tanked. Like, teams have been tanking forever, but they, the Sixers just came out and said, we are actively going to tank, and there's nothing you can do about it. The problem with the NBA, and it's not necessarily a problem, right? I keep saying the problem. The reason it's so relevant in the NBA is because one player makes all the difference. And so if you're tanking for just getting that one player – that's kind of the deal, right? Like that one player can put you over the edge. That one player, that one star can be it. And that's the type of league that it is. So there's no way to get rid of it. The NBA tried to mitigate it this year, right? The bottom three teams had the same chance of getting the number one pick, but that's small potatoes in time, in time to curtail tanking, like then just get in the bottom third. Or there bottom is a, eight. There, to me, there is a way to get rid of it. And it's to open up the player pool. And the, re, the way you do that, is you eliminate the one and done rule, you get rid of it, and now you open up a player pool to the to the high school ranks and the college ranks, so that now and we've mentioned this a million times on the podcast a year ago is now you have to have actually do some scouting. Now you actually have to go out and look at is this high school kid that's doing backflips, dunking over, you know, five foot nine kids. In whatever, the league. whatever state it is, you know, like you have to actually do some work and do some evaluation and you might get some wrong. Sometimes right. you might, you might actually get some, and, we, and, and let's be honest, the Sixers got a number one pick wrong this year or two years ago, but you, you might actually get more number one picks that are not slam dunk talents like you do now. And so that's, that's my, that's my first rebuttal is Get rid of the one and done. It's pointless. Doesn't make any sense anyway, other than bring colleges more money that they don't need. Um, that's that's my first. Yeah, I think there's a lot of my merit first to that. I think there is a lot of merit to that. My only counter to that would be if you look at the last couple drafts, like in particular, just because you get the number one pick, it doesn't, or the second pick, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a good player and you can still screw it up. I mean, 
if you go through a lot of these drafts, right, like there's still big question marks about Lonzo Ball. Markel Fultz is a total bust. Go back through. Uh, if you go back and look at the number one picks, the Cavaliers selected a big guy. His name's escaping me right Anthony now. Anthony Bennett. Yeah, I mean, the dude's out of the league. Like, just because you get the first pick, the years— I the get si- it. I get it. But they're yeah. fewer and far between, and your decision's not made up the way it is anymore. Like, but you still, you're still, you still want that number one pick. Like, you're still going to tank for the one pick and hope that you select the right kid in high school instead right. of selecting the right kid out of college. So, but, but I agree with you. I think it would help. I, your I dis- that would help. Your decision is already made up now. Like, if you actually get the number one pick, your decision is made up based on the whole college season, based on the media, based on like Zion, even if you didn't think that he was the best player available, you had to take him number one. Yes. But number one, he's going to sell a ton of tickets. And we, I said this before, I don't even think that he's going to be the, I really, I really think RJ Barrett's going to be better than he is. I I really do. I think Zion has a higher ceiling than RJ, but I think RJ like you can pencil him into the all-star game in two years, right? Like he's that good. Zion could get hurt. Zion could maybe not develop as much as he, sh- as he could or should. Cause he's so, so athletic, but his ceiling is, I mean, Uber superstar with that, those Springs and you know, his, uh, his explosiveness, but you're right. Except then you, you can always counter that with, when you say that you can say, well, Fultz was the consensus one and look at him. So like, I know I, I get it, but the, the point, the right. But I would like to see it open up anyway. I think that the one and done rule is just crap. Has been crap. As, they put it as in. it as it turns out. To be honest with you, who was number two? Tatum. Uh, no, Lonzo. Tatum was three. Oh, okay, so that's not really like a great top three anyway. That's, well, Tate. Yeah, Tatum Tate, had a bad year. Tatum looked like crap all year. Like yeah, but he had a great. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, dude, the the draft is always in an exact science whether or not you go to college for a year or not, right? And to your point. You can level the playing field a little bit by making guys pick these kids straight out of high school. And then, look, Fultz still could have been the one pick out of high school, right? You never know. But you, you get, it's just man. it's just a different aspect. It's, okay, are we going to tank for this 18-year-old kid that literally has been playing against, like, five foot ten? you know? Sure. And middle it's, schoolers? it's more of a stretch. You'll get more busts. You'll get more hits. You'll get more long-term development. I just, I, I agree with you in principle anyway, because I don't see a reason these kids have to go to college for a year. I think it's dumb. I think it's a farce of the whole system. Sure. So, so on the, on those pieces of that talk, we were, we were talking about Zion, a lot of moves, and we're going to start at the top. Kawhi, of course, parted ways with Toronto. Like we knew he would. <laughs> Shocker. So Kawhi Leonard's gone. He moved on to the Clippers, like we knew would happen, not the Lakers. Um, we all called that. We all knew he was gonna go there. He's an LA kid. He went there. One of the first surprises was that he's gonna have Paul George with him now. So Paul well, George in a trade like, to the clip. Yeah, so like you joke about that. And I don't know if you're if you're hearing me well because you were breaking up a little bit and kind of like skipping through. Yeah, we but... just we just had a little poor connection, but we're back. Yeah, so like you joke about that, about Kawhi, like we all knew he was going to the Clippers, but we really didn't know that. And basically, the reason that he did go to the Clippers is because he he, in a, he recruited Paul George to go there. Yeah. So let's say that that wasn't going to happen. Let's say he couldn't pry Paul George away from Oklahoma City. Like we don't know what he was going to do. I and I thought like probably the best bet for him at that point would have been to go to the Lakers. He may have. I th- I have a different take on the Lakers move. I think he was always going to the Clippers, and I think if he couldn't have gotten Paul George, 
there was a ton of other guys out there still to grab, right? And I think he would have recruited one of them, if not PG. But I don't think he was ever going to the Lakers. Uh, I saw a couple articles written, actually, and people talking about it on SportsCenter about how the Lakers feel like they were fleeced by Kawhi because Anthony Davis took four mil less so that they would have enough to pay Kawhi, but he was only leveraging the Lakers against the Clippers to make sure he got as much money as he could and got a better deal that way. So, and that he was going there all along, which I did think was going to happen. And that was sort of the reports. Um, On the flip side of that, even Stephen A was saying like, you really never know what Kawhi is going to do because he's Kawhi and he's such an interesting guy. Like you really, unless you're his brother or his father or something like you really don't know what he's going to do. Yeah. But the the Paul George thing really came out of left field. And that was the, that was the kicker that like, I, when it came, when it scrolled across the screen, you know, Kawhi goes to Clippers. That wasn't a big deal. But when I saw what Paul George did, mm-hmm. and that they sent a lot of stuff over to do that, like that was a big, that was crazy. To that me. was a huge deal. The 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 deal. I mean, Oklahoma. Because City you just remember, you remember, you remember last year what a big deal it was that he went back there and we everybody was like that's insane like nobody thought he's going back there everybody was already getting their laker jerseys you know purchased and now you know now this 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 is a a nice it's a it's actually a really nice twist in the west it's great it's great because we one thing that we had talked about before so the reason that we're making a big deal about the lakers in another huge deal the lakers acquire anthony davis which I actually did not think was going to happen because, but they ended up just, I mean, literally giving up the farm. So the deal itself, the Pelicans get Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, DeAndre Hunter, two first round picks, 2021 and 2024, and the rights to swap picks in another year, 2023, or they can defer to 24 or 25 to when they want to swap picks. So just, I mean, their whole roster minus LeBron and Kuzma, to bring in AD, so now you pair AD with Braun and Kuzma on the one side of LA, and to Nick's point, now it's intriguing because you p- compare, in my opinion, who are probably the two best both-way players right now in the league, and that's Kawhi and Paul George in on the Clippers. So and LA, let's not, we didn't even mention Beverly. We didn't right. mention, right. you know, they, they have a really good team there. That's the Lakers the Lakers are, are acquiring their complementary pieces, and the Clippers are acquiring their complementary pieces. So it's an arms race out there. And before it was to catch the Warriors, well, the Warriors lose Kevin Durant to the Nets. However, let's not forget, Kevin Durant has a torn Achilles. Joining him in two years, because he's there now, but Kevin Durant's not going to play next year with his torn Achilles, is Kyrie Irving, who moves on to the Nets from the Celtics, which we kind of knew. And we've talked about Kyrie before, but I wanted to stop here and talk about him again. Kyrie, man, like, what is up with Kyrie? Like, dude, he can't, no one, he can't seem to stay anywhere, right? Like, he doesn't fit anywhere. What is, what is his deal? His deal is, I think he's very toxic to a locker room. I mean, I think it's been pretty clear over the last year, well, two years at this point, I mean, that he's pretty toxic to a locker room. I mean, you saw... We saw two years ago when he when he got hurt, and so, now all, all of a sudden the Celtics start playing really good, right? And everybody's like, oh, there's no way that the Celtics are a better team without Kyrie, right? Well, then he came back, and he's playing really well, but the team stinks. Yep. Like, they took they took a complete three steps backwards. So, I mean, I and then there was there's all the media stuff in between, right? 
all the kind of passive aggressive stuff in the media. It was very Donovan McNabb esque, as I've probably said before, as like throughout the season. Deal number five. Yeah, but like, I think we that really came to light in this second year in Boston. You know, not to mention the fact that okay, he came out at the beginning of the season or whenever it was, and he said, "Oh yeah, I'm definitely I'm coming back. Like I want to come back." Like, and everybody went crazy. Yep. Obviously, you get the Bill Simmons. We're gonna win 67 games this year. <laughs> And then after that, like, I loved, I loved seeing that. Because you know that they're my most hated franchise in sports. I hate them more than, I hate them more than the Cowboys. Yeah, I hate I, them more than the Giants. The Celtics. I love to see them go down in flames. One thing that I don't think people are talking enough about with Kyrie, outside of everything you brought up, it's, it is now safe to call him injury prone, right? I mean, he got hurt again this year. The dude hasn't played a full season. He's been in the league for seven years. He ha- he's only played one full season. So yeah, his, his knees have been shot for years. Right. So like as much as it, what was made clear to me with Kyrie this year is everything you said. I agree wholeheartedly. Plus, due to his due to that and his physicality, he can't be your best player on a team. Right. Like he is not going to be your front line superstar that's going to lead your team. He needs to be paired with somebody else, which is what. Right. Is looking to do with him and KD. And what's really weird now is like, and this this kind of just speaks more to his personality is that this was obviously done as a this was discussed with him and Kevin Durant. Oh, and, for sure. For and, sure. And, and there were you know, but and there were there were definitely talks like after the season before he actually signed with the Nets that he was going to do this with LeBron again. So like. I feel like he left there and was like, I want to be the man. I want to do my own thing. I want to lead a team. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, shit, this is a little harder than I thought. Sucks. I need, I need like, somebody to share the spotlight with. Daddy, I need big bro. Yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely what went on here. And you know what? Like, the Nets might still be that, like, six, seven, eight seed next year. They really might because they were good this year. They were good. They were decent this year. Um, So – they end up swapping out best their best player swap. So D'Angelo Russell, who was their best player, went to the Warriors, which is an interesting twist. We'll talk about them in a second. Um, but now Kyrie's going to lead the team. They'll have no KD this year. They should still probably make the playoffs in the East. The bottom half of the East is still kind of weak, although the top half, East is looking wide open. We're going to talk about that in a second. Um, but So that's interesting. We'll see what happens in two years when KD comes back. There's going to be a lot of questions with Kevin Durant. Achilles is a really bad injury, right? Like, Achilles is really bad. So, he's going to have to rehab hard, and then you don't know if he'll ever be as explosive as he was before. Luckily for him, he's a 6'11 guy who can shoot the ball, so I think he'll be fine, and he'll come back. He's 7'4", I don't know. Productive years. That's right, he's he's Um, 7'7". He's 7'7", and he can shoot. Shoots from the rafters. So he'll he'll still obviously be a great player, but Achilles is rough. That's a rough injury. That's going to be an eighteen month. It is. Ask, ask Boogie. And yeah. Boogie's Boogie's still trying to find his way to a championship somewhere. By the way, you know where Boogie's landing, right? Lakers. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's yeah. So and that's a weird thing too. So okay, now they have now he's going to play second fiddle to Davis. He's not even going to start. He's he's not going to start. So here's the thing: no, you can't, you can't, you can't, yeah, he can't start. He's going to lead the second unit there, which I think is what he's going to have to do for a year, uh, because he just he can't stay healthy either. And until he proves he can be healthy, 
and be like a frontline big man who can give you 65 to 70 games a year, he's going to be. No, but it's just a little bit. It's just a little bit sad that like he he's clearly just sniffing around chasing a championship. He's just oh, for jumping sure. onto a, a, a tailcoat and just yeah, yeah a coattail and yeah. and trying to. Uh, he wants to get a title, and then he's going to go try and get his big contract, right? Because he still is a guy who's looking for his big contract in the league. Yeah, and he's not going to get it with all these injuries. But that's right. So, let me just real quick touch on, and, and you mentioned it earlier, was the return to the Pelicans and what they got, what they got back from Anthony okay. Davis, and it's a lot of stuff. Sure, it's a, lot, it's a lot of stuff. But like, let's look at how spread out all that stuff is. Like, they're looking right now at who's their best player. Uh, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is their best player right now. Which and he's he's getting up there, right? He is. They yeah. signed JJ Redick, who's clearly up there. I yep. mean, they're looking at um, is Ingram going to pan out to be anything? Is well, is uh, is Lonzo Ball going to pan out to be anything? He, like you're you're you are on the right track, but I think what the Pelicans have done is really really good because. Don't forget, they got Zion too, right? Like we're glassing over the fact that they had the pick and got Zion. So the Pelicans have Zion Williamson. They clearly aren't going to be a contender this year, but what, they have a nice mix here. So when you talk about what they got back, obviously they're getting all these first-round picks from the Lakers, but the Lakers are going to do well, so those first-round picks aren't going to be great. However, what's interesting about what they got back— so and, these have, are picks, and these are picks in two years and like three correct, years. Correct, correct. So you, what you have is— you have Drew Holiday, who is a perennial all-star right now, right? He's a top 25. Top is he a perennial all-star? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, he's a five, four, five-time all-star, Drew Holiday. I, I know, but not, like, anymore, is he? Yeah, dude. He, he had his best season last year. I just, I don't see it. I don't see more coming from him. No, well, no, he's capped. He's capped to where he is, but he's a, I mean, he's a legit 1B player. Like, Drew Holiday's a very good player. So you have Drew Holiday, he's going to lead your team. You brought in a couple veterans, J.J. Redick, and now you have a couple guys who you've got to see what they're going to be. You've got Lonzo, like you said, you got to see if he can develop. You've got uh, Ingram, you got to see if he can develop. So you got two guys there who you can make a decision on, and then you got your big horse stud first-round pick, Zion. So you can let these kids play together, mix them in with the veterans, see how they do, see how they But that's the thing. That's the thing is you're you're relying on a kid that's six eight. He could obviously jump over the backboard. He can obviously play defense. But we're gonna deal with the same issues here as we are with I hate to say it, but Ben Simmons. I mean, like he can get to the rim. He's obviously more powerful than Ben Simmons, but he's not he can he can't shoot. He's six eight, two million pounds. Wait a like, minute, wait a minute. So you you're like you're totally out on Zion overall. Like, dude, I, dude, first off, Zion shot thirty four percent from three in college, which is not great, but he shot. Like Zion can Zion shoots the ball. He, shooting he, it over, shooting it over like a uh, like a six foot white guy from Virginia. Well, okay. but he's in the NBA now. Uh, yeah, but he he's athletic. He shot the ball, dude. So, but. That that's you're gonna. I mean, dude, he's got to come into the league and play. Like, you got to let the kid play. I, I obviously, no, 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 obviously, but obviously, but let's not say he's like our. He's. I just don't believe that he is the end all be all. I, I really don't. I really don't see him as like this LeBron type player that everybody thinks he is. I, I, I well, 
I'm not going to compare him to LeBron. He's probably the best player of all time or unarguably top five, top three. But I, I think Zion's going to be a star. I think he is going to be really, really good in the league. I'm a fan of Zion's. I think he's going to be really good if he stays healthy. That's Listen, I, I'm a fan of him. I'm a fan of his too. Like he can, he can do, he can jump cr- like crazy. The, the blocks he makes is unbelievable. Oh, here, but let me give you this comparison. Ready? Let me give you this comparison. Julius Randolph. No, no. He's not, the guy he compares to to me the most, right? And you, this is going to click in your head when I say it. Blake Griffin. Yep. And remember, when Blake came in the league, couldn't shoot either. Guy can shoot now, right? You could develop a shot, but when you're exposed to as of this year. No, like, he's been really sh- as of the, Blake I don't has know. been last couple years. Blake's if you I mean you look at the stats, Blake has Blake has developed a shot. But you don't take Blake Griffin. Like, of course you take Blake Griffin. You know, in better situations with the Clippers there, like they if you know, again, Paul couldn't stay healthy and they made some runs. Like you take I guess, if Zion's Blake Griffin, you're happy with him as the first pick. But are you? But are you? So so here's the thing, it's like if you're gonna start if you're gonna have if you have your NBA franchise and you need to take him to the finals. Is Blake Griffin taking you there? He almost did, yeah. I mean, I think in a in a right situation, he could have. Uh, dude, the Clippers the, the Clippers made some playoff runs. They just couldn't get the job done. That, that's yeah. kind of my point. Well, yeah, but again, so you're going to end up just comparing him to R.J. Barrett, right, or Ja Morant, and see who turns out to be the best player. You I don't just think, know if any I think, of them are going to be franchise guys yet, right? I just see their development going further than his development like how much higher can you jump dude right it's like, possible but i think but again you can develop a jump shot by the way you brought up my main man ben simmons you see that video of him shooting jays like yeah ben's did you develop see, more offensively these guys did, are develop more offensively did you see the mechanics did you I see care about the mechanics dude lebron ugly jump shot dude lebron no, doesn't ugly jump Le, shot lebron's jump shot is not lonzo's jump shot is ugly if Lonzo's you develop, jump shot is broke yeah <laughs> So Lonzo's jump shot is broke. So so Ben Simmons jump shot looks like Lonzo's jump shot in a no, mirror. It's not get out of here. He is it's, not seeing this crooked sideways jump shot joking. It kinda play. is, dude. It's no, kinda right. bad. So like I don't care what you're doing in a gym by yourself shooting a left handed jump shot and it's happening to fall. What ha- what what matters is when you're in an NBA game, are you actually number one gonna take the shot? And number two, you have to make it too. Like the the key, start the start the key, of it is taking it right. The key for Ben, I've said this I've said this before, and there has been um like I mean you can go down the list of guys who have not had jump shots in their in their careers and develop them. Looking at, I mean right off the top, Blake Griffin's a guy we brought up. Andre Iguodala, who is a Sixers guy, could not shoot to save his life and develop but, a set jump shot, right? He and, would always hit a shot, and his shot is still not good. It's and, st- He's uh, still not a good shooter. I agree with you, but Ben doesn't need to be a good shooter. To your point, he just has to take some shots and make some. And he's got to just develop a little bit more offensively in terms of if he attacks the rim more, right, and then gets mm-hmm. the line more. Like, he just needs to develop more offensive game, which is what Zion can do. Dude, these guys are young. Ben's 22. Zion's 18. Like, these guys, you got to give them a chance to play more in the league and develop. You already like what you've seen out of Ben. I think Zion's going to be very, very good. They they get it. They feel out the NBA. You know, you don't – the NBA, we love shooters, but you don't necessarily have to shoot when you have skill sets of guys like Zion and Blake Griffin and, you know, et cetera. You don't necessarily have to rely on your jump shot. So we'll see how they develop. 
I get I get where you're going, and we're going to be talking about this for the next couple of years. You like Barrett over Zion. I actually like Zion over Barrett. So we've got we've got a nice little track to watch here for From the Hill to see who ends up developing. Or, hey, listen, I, I'll probably be wrong, but I'm just saying, like as an overall prospect, I mean, the, the kid Barrett does more than he does more than Zion does. I mean, I get that the explosiveness and like the the market like the marketability of this kid. He just signed with Jordan yesterday, which like. It's one of the highest. It's Star. it's if not the highest shoe contract ever. I think maybe LeBron has the only higher one. Whatever, that's great. That's that's awesome. But my only point was, at this starting point with New Orleans, and with the kind of the age gap that they have, and now spreading that age gap across, like, you're, we're talking like three years from now, draft picks, like. We're going to know by then what Zion is. Let's say he doesn't pan out. Okay, what does that draft pick mean then when the Lakers are winning championships? Yeah, well, but I think what your hope is, if you're the Pelicans, right, is you hope to get into that passing of the guard area, right? Because the Warriors are already shown some vulnerability, right? Clay Thompson tore his ACL. Durant's gone. They lost this year. They're sort of retooling. They still have Steph. They still have Draymond. Clay will come back, but they're a little vulnerable. Now you got the Clippers. And you got the Lakers. LeBron's 35 this year. So, like, he's not going to be around forever. They want to catch Probably some older, right? No, no. He's he's a year older than me. I turned 34 this year. So, he, he's 35. Yikes. Yeah, bro. Tell me about it. Uh, so, he like, you know, he's not going to be around forever. They want to catch themselves in that transitional period from when the torch starts to get passed from LeBron and KD. And you've got to see if Lonzo, if... Zion, if Brandon Ingram, if those kids can develop, and then maybe look to package one of them or all of them or two of them with deals to bring in someone else, right? There's a lot of things that they've set themselves up to do here, and they just need one or two of these kids to pan out. There's certainly talent there. Look, I, I think Lonzo still has talent. I think Ingram has talent. I think Zion's got a – I mean, you would agree Zion's got a world full of talent, right? Sure. Kids could definitely develop. So they put themselves in a good situation, and here's the thing of it. Anthony Davis was going to leave anyway, right? So I think at the end, they brought back enough talent and assets to make it so that they may come out of this on the other side. I think that's that's the best they could hope for. The only thing about it is that Davis is not old by any means. No. And, and we, when you talk about the passing of the guard, number one, Kawhi's not old at all either. Nope. New Orleans is still a part of the West. Uh, sure, sure. But they've also, if you think about it, if all of them develop, they're setting themselves up for success because then if you got if Ingram and, and Ball can develop around Zion, you got three pieces and then you have I other just, pieces that you can pack I, to get somebody. And right? that, that 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 was kind of my point is that I don't trust that at all. I, I, but, I mean I, I don't disagree with you. I'm sort of playing devil's advocate with Lonzo and Ingram, but I'm not I don't know if they'll develop either, right? I mean, they sort of haven't shown you enough yet. And let me let me throw into uh, let me throw into the mix something that we didn't even mention yet, and that's the fact that Russell Westbrook and James Harden are now paired up yeah. in Houston. How about that? That we didn't even talk about, and that was really yeah. the jaw dropper of the of free agency. Yeah. So Russ, so Chris Paul moves to OKC. I doubt he stays there, right? Um, and Russ Westbrook moves to Houston. So now I do have a theory on that. I'd like to I'd like to address when you get yeah, a second. Let's do it. So you pair you pair Russ with Harden, and there's been a lot of talk about this team. I have a strong opinion about what I think about pairing those two, but I'm gonna let you go first 
because you've got a couple things theories here, and then I'll chime in on what well, I think. Well, I, I have th- I have theories on what what's going to be done with uh, Chris Paul and and that and that mix. Okay, I don't know what I don't know what else can be done. Is I mean, obviously there's still moves to be made, but I honestly feel like there's a there's going to be a deal in the works that sends Chris Paul and Stephen Adams into Miami. Interesting. Interesting. With Jimmy, with Jimmy Butler. With Butler. Yeah, we that's we still didn't even talk about that move. Dude, there's so many moves I have. I think that's like if you think about that trio, I think that's a great I think that's a great in the West, that's a formidable trio, right? But here here's the problem. No, in the East, that's a that's a in the East. Here's the problem with that whole Chris Paul thing. Chris Paul cannot stay healthy. I mean, dude, the guy has not been healthy the last four seasons, and he's only getting older. So, like, I think Steven Adams is a, a, a above-average, very quality big man, right? And if you put him with Jimmy and Chris Paul, that's a formidable team in the East, which seems to be wide open now with Kawhi exiting. I mean, the East has lost a lot of its stars. However, Chris Paul can't stay healthy, man. Like, the dude cannot stay healthy. And he's old. I mean, he's the oldest of the banana boat guys, aside from Carmelo, who's like out of the league right now. He'll probably wind up on the Lakers with his buddy, but it's all another story. So I don't disagree with you. I think that could be a move. Doesn't really worry me that much because I don't really concern myself with Chris Paul anymore. I hate to say it, I love Chris Paul, but I just I think he's halfway in the bag, man. No, I he is. I mean, I get that. I get that he is, but he's also. He's also a leader that I feel like him and Jimmy would get along. Like, do you know how Jimmy is kind of cantankerous? Uh, and like, you know, Jimmy like, can't get along with anybody. Jimmy I get it. But, but, like, I feel like Chris Paul is the guy that can make that work. Because from what we've heard, nobody can get along with Chris Paul either. N- yeah, maybe. I mean, uh, Chris Paul is difficult to get along with. So is Jimmy. I don't know if, if oil and vinegar are going to mix there. Jimmy doesn't seem to can't get along with anybody. So that that's another, so another move that we didn't talk about is the Sixers lost Jimmy Butler. He went and signed with the Heat. They did sign Tobias Harris, so they held on and? to And? Uh, well, and they signed Ben, of course. They gave Ben the long-term deal, so Ben's still here. Uh, and? Who, 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 who am I missing, dude? Who Al you? Horford? Oh, right, right, yeah. Well, yeah, that's... that's like, the, the biggest acquisition yeah. that they made? Two clicks down. So, the Sixers is... brought from the Celtics Al Horford in, signed him to a, a large deal. Which is so, very weird to me. It's so it's so weird, but then again, when you talk about load management and you talk about the strategy of things throughout the regular season, it does kind of make sense a little bit. The only thing that doesn't make sense to me is we have no shooters. We have but, no shooters. And here's the problem with Horford and the load management thing. I understand what you're saying, and you're right because that get, that's a little bit of a spell for Joe. But you, when you pay a guy that much money. They're gonna start on the floor next to each other, sure, sure and sure. then. So well, the one thing that you did, they're gonna be the biggest team in the league. I mean, talk about having to deal with size. There is not a team in the league that can even touch them. And you look at look the, the Lakers, for instance, right? Like Bron's big, obviously AD's a monster, and Kuzma's a big kid. The Sixers outsize them, which is insane, right? Like the Sixers can outsize anybody in the league, which is great. But yeah, there's no shooters. There's nobody to shoot at all. So, I, I mean, don't know. Horf- Horford shoots a good three for a big guy. Yeah, sure. Uh, Tobias Joe, Harris shoots a good three for a big shoot, guy. Joe shoots, but you don't really have backward shooting. You got frontcourt shooting, which yeah, is, which you know. was it makes the Reddick thing like very, very frustrating. 
Yeah. Like it, it really does because I mean I know what he was he was looking for a decent contract for a year, two years, but like and then the Corver thing, which he signed with uh what do you got to uh, why is it he just signed like two days ago. I for, I completely forgot where he went. Uh did he go to the box or something? I forget. Well, the guy, the guy that the that the Sixers fans really wanted to see come in was Danny Green, right, to replace JJ. He ends up going to LA to the Lakers, which is a quiet acquisition that they made, which is going to help them a lot. Yeah, Corver went to the Bucks. So, I mean, dude, it's just like really frustrating. And and like Middleton signs back with the Bucks. Like the Bucks are going to be able to shoot big time. Yeah, I mean, you're and you, that's what look wins. at East now. The Celtics hope you see, without with moving Kyrie, they still have a lot of players. So we'll see what they can develop. You've got the Sixers, you've got the Bucks. If the Heat brings somebody else in, and then, you know, maybe Indiana with if Vic comes back healthy. But I, like, I don't put I don't put the Heat or the Pacers or the Nets this year without KD in the class of the Bucks, the Sixers. Uh, I mean, Indiana's Indiana's not going to be a threat anyway. I mean, we know that. Um, obviously, the Raptors anymore. They're not going to be a threat anyway. Done. So one we jumped away from it, but what's Let's wrap up here talking about that Houston move. So now you've got what's crazy is, and I talk about usage rate all the time. You have over the course of the last three years, the far and away number one and number two usage rate guys on the same team. And I've heard a lot of differing opinions about how that's going to work. Me personally, I love it because guys that have high usage rates need to be spelled and they're going to play off each other very well there in D'Antoni's system, and I see them both thriving, and I see it as a positive move over an injured Chris Paul. I don't know how you feel about it, but I think that that's a, a good move for them. I'm a little bit on the opposite side of it, where I don't know how many, I don't know how many times you're going to, like, what's James Harden's game? It's like standing at the three-point line, dribbling for 23 seconds, and then getting a shot off. Like, I just don't see Russ being cool with that well russ does a lot of things right russ is probably one of the best rebounding guards in the league he runs the floor he's not really that much of a set shooter so i feel like he'll run around that well and there'll be possessions that james wants to take off where he'll just you know throw it to russ and go here you go russ and then russ can do his thing right like that's kind of what russ does but think of how many possessions that james harden has taken off over the last five six years it's like very it's like maybe like a handful right but he needs to start doing that that's the thing like we talked about load management if if he wants to do anything in the postseason he cannot do this 82 game score 35 points a game thing because if he does he's not gonna have any left for the postseason like he has the last couple years so i think that russ is a good fit there for them and what they like to do and russ is gonna thrive in that d'antoni system wide open right i think that's my opinion. I don't know. I just I find it very strange. I, I when I saw that move, I, I just found it to be very strange. And I had the initial thought that I think everybody else did was there's only one ball, right? Because that's true. There is only one ball, and that that uh, could certainly be an issue too. I mean, as much as you want to say, they both can't get triple doubles, right? <laughs> that's and that's that's kind of the thing. As much as you want to say, okay, it's going to be all about Harden kind of, um, you know, giving the ball up from time to time and trying to do this load management. Well, the, the, the crucial part of that is him actually doing it. Yes. And, and it's, it's really hard for somebody like him, I think, you know, what do I know? But for him to give that ball up and say, Russ, this is your, this is your possession. Right. Like that's not something that alphas 
typically do. No, but I, I, I really think that in order for them to be successful and for Harden to be successful as he's starting to age into his career and with all use on his tires, he's going to have to start to realize, like, yo, bro, you're going to have to start doing that. Like, you need to start giving the ball up a little bit. We're going to see. But there's a lot more to come and there's a lot more to talk about. The next one's probably going to be more about baseball. We're going to have to cycle in. Yeah, well, we're in we're in the dog days of summer here. We're, we'll probably have a couple more pieces to drop here for NBA. A lot of this is speculatory, right? But it's a lot of fun to talk about with all these moves. We're in the middle of summer. We're going to start getting back on a regular cadence, guys, because we have to. We, yeah, it's been a while. We, we've missed everybody. Nikki will be in here. Maybe we'll get some studio shows in. Maybe we'll get an on-location show in. Who knows? But we're back and better than ever. Nick, thanks for dropping by today. Appreciate it, bud. It's a late be- night, man. It is a late night for you. It's early for me. I won't be in bed till two o'clock. <laughs> Kids are already asleep. Yeah. How is how is McMoney's doing? McMoney's is good, man. He's sleeping good. He's uh, he's very happy all the time. Not gonna love to see it. Love to see it. So just a reminder, everybody, you can check out the From the Hill podcast on the iTunes podcast application for the audio only. We are on YouTube as well. Make sure you search in quotation from underscore the underscore hill end quotation and you will pull us up. Nikki likes this song. I actually did a trivia question about this song the other day on Instagram, and I had two people respond. They knew it. I love this song. This is a great I was supposed song. to dance us out. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's it, guys. We're going to shut this down. We will see you all in a week. We'll give you some more updates here. I know Nikki is dying to talk baseball. He is dying to talk baseball. We, we just got through. We're going to talk about the Home Run Derby. Just got through the All-Star break. So we're getting into where baseball starts to matter a little bit more, right? We got a lot of Phillies to talk about. Interesting season for them so far. A lot going on. And there's trades coming soon. And guess what? You know it's right around the corner, buddy. I've already started to see the tingle going on. NFL. NFL starting to tingle, buddy. I'm getting the urge. Starting to get that tingle, baby. All right. That's it. We're going to shut it down, everybody. Until next time, for the Prof Swags, peace. See ya.